Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally along with using fine motor and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. How hard is it for us to focus? How hard is it to sit still, pay attention, and try to keep at the topic at hand, keep our attention to the topic at hand, and try not to get distracted or just to daydream whenever we're thinking about things. Even when I sit down and I read it very easily, the exhaustion tries to overtake us very easily. We get very tired. So when we're sitting and we're trying to study and we're trying to learn very hard not to get distracted. I remember when I was in college and in grad school, a lot of times if it's not a good teacher or if it's a difficult subject, either of the two very difficult to focus. Yeah, you can have an amazing teacher but a terrible subject, and it'll be fantastic. You could have a great subject, but a terrible teacher, and it'll be devastating. So if it's a bad subject, but you have the teacher who make it better, but if it's a good teacher and a bad subject, but the different ways of going about it can make it very difficult to focus. But in general, even without those two factors of the subject and the teacher, the student themselves, the person themselves might have the difficulty with, with focusing. They might have the difficulty with sitting still, remaining in the seat. We ask our kids to sit for six hours and in a dual curriculum school, we ask them to sit for eight to 10 hours with so much information being thrown at them, so much academia, asking so much of kids when they just want to be kids. That's why a lot of times in the Board of Ed, a lot of times in the public school when I'm talking around, that's why I want them to come to my room. They come and they play and they learn the skills trying to work on their goals, but it can't be too academic-based. It can't be too much on that on the child because it's just too hard to focus. It's just too hard for them to sit still. There, When you throw so much academia at a little kid, it's too much. And that's why a lot of times if you walk into a classroom, you walk around and you see the kids, you'll see that they're fidgeting all over the place. They're squirming, they're moving, their feet are jittery, their hands are jittery, their whole bodies are jittery. Why? It could be many, many reasons. As OTs and as teachers, we try to be detectives to try to figure out what could be the reason, what could be the cause. From OT land, we might think it might be a sensory thing. It might be an input that they might need. So when I go around to different classrooms and different things and the teachers talk about how their kids fidget, a simple solution I give is to put the bands, the rubber bands around the chairs or around the desk. We've talked about this before. The TheraBands that are made for the chairs or the desk gives the kids the ability to wobble their feet up and down without making noise, without crashing the desk, without bothering everybody around them. And then the handhold fidgets, another way for kids to get out the wiggles, to get out the sensory needs in the classroom. So that's why when you walk into a classroom, you're going to see students who fidget. Perhaps they rock back and forth in the chair, they might bounce their knees up and down, or they might wiggle in their seats. Frequently, students who fidget to stay in an alert state to be ready to learn And there are some ways that we could help with the fidgeters. Just let the student fidget is number one. Some research indicates that higher rates of activity level results in significantly better working memory. If the student is not bothering anyone and it is not impeding their function, we're always talking and thinking about function or educational abilities, just let the student fidget. Maybe provide the student with a stability ball or a disc cushion. We talked about this also earlier in the year and in the previous years and seasons. Those disco sits, those seat cushions allow them to get the input, allows them to have nice proprioceptive input when they're sitting on it. 
or if you put something on their lap, or they have a weighted vest, or they have the, the weighted lap band, or the weighted neck band, depending on what they use, it allows them to get that, and especially when they're sitting on it, it allows them to get that input. Number two, move the student's seat. If a student continues to fidget and is distracting others, can you move his or her seat to a location where it will be less obtrusive, perhaps to the back of the classroom where the student can stand? My wife is a teacher all the time. There's many students in the classroom. A lot of times the seats have to be adjusted. They have to be fixed because sometimes it's too hard for a kid to sit in the back. Sometimes it's too hard for them to be in the front. Sometimes they want to be in the middle. Depending on the classroom setup, depending on the needs of the student and the teacher, they might not have to be in a certain aspect of the classroom. Think about your classroom or think about your student's classroom, your child's classroom, your friend's classroom, or your classroom growing up. Was it conducive to the best learning experience? Did you have peeling paint? Did you have lights that flickered on and off? Did you have colorful vibes or did you have a lack of a playground, lack of a grass? Did you have anything in the classroom or not? Those different factors can contribute or hinder the kids learning or not. It's all about the different things the kids see in the environment. You know, if it's plain and if it's empty and the bare walls are not inviting to learning, the lessons are dull or the teacher is not getting to the student or the student's just not getting to the material. These are different things that should be thought about and be able to be changed to modify the task, modify the environment or modify the experience for the child is what we talk about. That's one of the models in how we look at OTPEO, the person, environment, the occupation, you look at the task, then you look at the environment, and you look at the person. How can we modify the task? How can we modify the environment? How can we modify what the kid is doing? And a lot of times, in different tasks and different activities and different things we're doing with the kid in the therapy room itself, I try to work on one of those things. If it's too hard for the kid, what can we do to make it easier for him? The writing experience is too difficult for them, we give them adapted paper. If the pencil is too big for them, we give them a small pencil. If they can't hold the pencil with the right grasp, we give them the proper pencil grip. If it's too hard for them to copy 400 sentences, then break it down to a paragraph or two. And if the paper, and if the situation is not right, it's too hard for them to write at a certain angle, change the paper, give them the space. Or I have a student in the fourth grade, his writing is wonderful, but it's always problematic with the spacing and it always has a very weird slant so we figured out in the past few weeks we got to give him a popsicle stick spacer we gave him a wood spacer but the spacer got nasty got really gross really dirty over time the solution we thought of my solution get a plastic popsicle stick that you use to make ices you use to make ice cream give it to him instead he loves it he thought it was like the coolest thing ever doesn't get dirty doesn't break flexible can be used take one for home take one for the class use one in the room bam and that we could change the task to accommodate the child. The fact that his space, his writing is way too slanted, change the angle of the paper. You change the paper to the right, we turned it all the way to the right, or if the slanting is the other way, you change the paper all the way to the left to counteract the fact that he has a natural tendency to slant all of his words. And then we can make the words less slanted. So there are ways to modify the task, modify the child's abilities, or modify the environment. And when we do that in the classroom, we do that for the child. Hopefully, students can learn better, can focus better, and can fidget better. So you can move the seat, you can get the, let them fidget, and you can figure out how to help them. You could also provide an object to fidget with the student's hands or feet. That's what we're talking about with those therabands that go around the seats or around the desk. Maybe the student can rub a small rock to keep his or her fingers busy. They have all these fidget toys, but a rock is free and accessible in the environment provided it's not jagged, gross, hard, or 
not safe. Allow the students to doodle. Doodling while writing has been shown to improve memory recall. Remember, in grad school and college, I'm not a great doodler, I'm not a great artist, not a great drawer at all. But sometimes when our mind roams or our mind wanders and we're thinking about the lesson or not thinking about the lesson, doodling can really help to hone us in, get us back to that paper and could personalize the paper or let them doodle whatever, their name, a picture, or things like that, providing they don't distract others, they're not too distracted from the lesson, they still can remember what's going on, but we want them to get as much as they can. Tie some elastic tubing around the legs of the desk, like we mentioned, or chair, and the student can fidget his or her feet against the band. If you want to be a little fancy, into Amazon or Google, you could find these rubber bands that go around the desk or the chair. They're TheraBands, I forget the exact name of them. We got them for the different classrooms, but it definitely works, definitely helps. You could also let the student chew gum. Drink through a straw or crunch on a snack. These are all different mediums, sensory mediums to get them to focus. These are very much tactile and oral motor ways of getting them to focus. When you have different textures, getting them to use the mouth muscles, it lets them focus and it lets them be involved in what's going on while using different senses. Chewing the gum, drinking through a straw, especially something like yogurt, which is a little harder to sip than the liquid or crunching on that snack, especially a crunchy texture, a crunchy type of material. This may help with focus, attention span, and even math skills. And lastly, help the students get the wiggles out. Provide frequent movement breaks. We've talked about this many times. In a six-hour day, they really should be stopping every 20 to 30 minutes at least 40 minutes to an hour, twice an hour really, more like three times an hour to get those movement breaks. They got to move around. They should move around for five to 10 minutes. In an ideal world, it would be 15 minutes. Go Noodle, one of our great programs we love that we really recommend, has the indoor recess, allowing them to move around, fidget around because those movement breaks throughout the day really helps because research indicates that kids learn better and stay on task after they have breaks. So just a little talk about kids who fidget. Join us next time as we talk about supporting risk-taking in children for the right reasons here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.